Have you set a course for your life? Do you do that every day? Knowing what you want is intention. Knowing how to get there is a study in conscious action. This is a show about living consciously. It is about our choices, our hopes, our dreams, our work, our loves, our vision, and the practice of healing and becoming. Welcome to Cruising in the Light and Shadows. Hello, I am Sheila Marie, also known as Kicha. And I am Inanna Moon. Hello. Hello. <clears throat> so today's topic is meditation. Um, and I wanted to ask you, Sheila Marie, if <laughs> you um, do meditate and what it's like for you. So um, I've always wanted to meditate. Okay. It's been about a year and a half since I say I meditate. I'm, I'm, I'm a novice and um, also a Virgo, slightly OCD. So I'm always questioning, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Those aren't allowed to meditate. I'm sorry. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. Um, so I, I, I... What do you do when you meditate? Um, I listen to uh, a guided meditation. Okay. Or I listen to some music, and inevitably, I fall asleep. <laughs> so. Well, that's good, actually, because I always, I always, I've been, I'm a long-time meditation teacher. Um, and that probably, if I think back to my beginnings, that would be part of it. I'd work so long, come home. Um, while I was learning how to meditate, I'd come home, and I would try to... Uh, get myself centered and settled down, and I'd start to meditate, and every single time I would um, start to fall asleep. <clears throat> and even though, even though I'm from my meditation teacher at the time who said, well, it means you need to sleep I've if you're that. falling asleep, um, then do so. I <laughs> either take a nap or, um, you know, notice that you probably need to evaluate, are you getting enough sleep? Are you going to bed early enough? No, and stuff? No. And no, no, yeah, exactly. Who does that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so what I was learning um, was, I was learning that meditation was about learning about yourself. And I had meditation teachers, these were yogis, um, Raja yogis, who were which explained means? which oh Raja Raja yoga is one of the oldest yogas around. Some of the listeners may have heard of the uh, mystic Patanjali, who was an ancient yogic philosopher, who wrote don't wrote down the eightfold path of Raja yoga. Oh. <clears throat> So unbeknownst to me, I, I went with a friend to yoga class, and it was Raj Yoga that I was studying. And now I've learned that I would prefer it's, I, I, you know, a kind of a tip to people is it's there are about 10,000 yogas in the world. All of them are going to teach you or should be teaching you not only the um, physical exercises, which we know more of in the West, but they should be teaching you the philosophy of yoga, the mantras, how to meditate, 
the pranayama or the breath work. Um, and those are the older ones that do that. Some of the younger ones um, leave out a lot, make it more about exercise. Um, but you should be getting kind of a good foundation in what this whole thing is about yoga and why endurance seems to be part of it and why in meditation, enduring sitting and then allowing your meditation to become lighter, sweeter, more peaceful and easy, why that's so important. So then um, the yoga and meditation go hand in hand. Yes, they do. So yeah, they do. would you almost say that yoga is a form of meditation? Um, know that with, well, within yoga, meditation is part of it. Because I know like in Kundalini, yeah. at the end of Kundalini, we'd have a meditation. Actually, your whole practice from beginning to the end is a meditation. And within it are the physical exercises, the breath work, the mantra, so that at the end, you have this well-rounded sense of well-being in kundalini in kundalini Ah, see that's that's the one i do and i love that one and it's it would be a good thing to say too that kundalini is um kundalini yoga is part of tantric yoga which is just about the oldest yoga there are arguments and discussions about which is the (laughs) oldest because these came into being before there was writing (laughs) so it's very hard to (laughs) hard to say which was the oldest but tantric is considered really one of the oldest and within tantric there's there's kundalini there's red tantra there's yeah there are different different layers another kind of yoga that most people when they go to classes in the western world and throughout the united states is hatha yoga which has the physical exercises, they put an emphasis on that because hatha is about motion and work and striving and sweating and sweating away the toxicity of the mind and um, bringing you to a place of peace and balance. Ooh. Yes. So so then yoga brought you to meditation? Yes. Okay. Um, Raj yoga, the way it was being taught... um, to me, and this was after I moved from the Midwest to Southern California, but the way it was being taught was that Raj Yoga um, was about deep meditation. And so it wasn't using, using visualization. And some people do know that visualizations, you know, the kind that bring you to relaxation or relieve anxiety, or help you um, to eat a more balanced (laughs) diet, or help you to sleep, and so forth. Anything where someone is speaking to you, like I'll be doing at the end of our session, um, I'll be doing a guided meditation. That is fine and helpful, but there's a whole layer. When I'm teaching meditation, I want people to learn to sit silently, usually. Oh. See, I remember. <laughs> okay, what's that about? <laughs> it's it's the monkey brain and the and the moving and the um. That's when you're sitting there. That's when I suddenly am like, oh, I can I can almost feel my hair growing and <laughs> and like I got a scratch here and I got a scratch there. And I I do remember in that movie Eat Love Pray. Oh yeah. That when she finally reached Pray Eat Love, I think Pray Eat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> The Julia That's Roberts okay. movie. The Julia Roberts movie. <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, and when she finally reached um, the ability to do meditation, 
she said that she sat out there for two hours and was completely nibbled up by mosquitoes mm-hmm. because she just was able to not move and be stillness. Mm-hmm. I would love to achieve that, but <laughs> like I said right now, I'm how like, will that be yeah, possible? Yeah. yeah. Um, the, actually, one of the things that took me into studying Raj Yoga was I had moved from a quiet Midwest out to Southern California. And that, that was wonderful, lovely, but um, living in the thick of the city, noise bothered me a lot. And it seemed like in the, in the area where I was living, people would walk down the street and whistle all the time. And that was the most <laughs> irritating. I would wake up in the middle of the night going, why is someone walking down the street whistling? Um, and um, I actually, once I moved out here, my blood pressure rose. Um, they were th- threatening me with taking medication and so forth. And a friend said, well, you know, I'm just about to start this meditation class. Why don't you come with me? And it was Raj Yoga meditation. And one of the first things that I learned, you know, I would sit there and try to meditate. I'd hear whistling. And then I would go off on a tangent like, this is the one thing I didn't want trying to sit quietly was being able to hear that. Within a week, I wasn't I acknowledged that there was whistling. It no longer bothered me, which may sound like a small thing, but but what I've noticed when huh. I'm teaching meditation to people, it's the small things that get to people right. and cause stress and high blood pressure and <laughs> and so forth. Um, the so what so the reason Julia Roberts was able to sit there was that she had surrendered her thinking. She had let go of expectations. She had let go of um, believing things had to be her way. Um, And that in fact, being peaceful was her way. And so if that was true within her, her mind, her emotions, her physical body, even that that peace was more important than anything, then she then held peace. It's all, and it is. It's almost like hugging. It's it's loving yourself. It's give. It meditation is giving yourself this sweet treat to love yourself so deeply that you can let go of the things that you were holding as important, which turn out not to be so important in the silence of your mind. Which that loving yourself brings up so many topics. One of the reasons I think a lot of people, including myself, don't want to sit in silence Mm -hmm. is because one, you're doing it for yourself. So that's self-care. And we'll find Mm -hmm. every excuse in the book to not, you know, (laughs) I, I don't have, I, I was talking to somebody and they were saying, I don't have time for meditation because I have this and this and this and this, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to take care of myself. But it's, mm-hmm. well, that is taking care of yourself. That's also getting to know um, that the ego mind, which there's nothing wrong with, we need, we need a healthy ego, which individuates us. It actually says, I am me and you are you. And um, these are the elements of me being in this physical body. But then there's the what you call the monkey mind and the yes. negative ego, 
which we have been trained into. You know, very often what can happen when you're first trying to meditate is you might be quiet for a minute or two, but in that monkey mind, the negative ego will say, well, you don't deserve to sit peacefully, or what did your, you know, what were you taught about just letting your mind go free? That's the last thing you should be doing. And wait a minute, don't I have laundry to do? And um, what what are your children doing? You certainly shouldn't be sitting here not paying attention to your (laughs) children. And it's like, it just, it just goes and goes and goes. But remember, I'm sure you, you, you know this and a lot of people might know that one of the first lessons you learn is to either follow your breath just in and out and in and out, or you follow your thoughts and you release them. Every time a thought comes up that isn't about your meditation or isn't about peace or love, you just let the thought go because we'll catch ourselves. It's sneaky, this ego mind it'll come in and you'll be off on a tangent of thought before you even know it. It's like, wasn't I supposed to be just sitting here quietly loving myself? No. Yeah, (laughs) how did I end up at kindergarten nap time? What? Yeah, wait a minute. (laughs) Like paying my bills, you know, but in my mind. And um, it's, it's that then you stop and you go, wait a minute, I want to go back to that peaceful thought. And so you just take a nice deep breath and come back in and go, okay, I'm just going to sit and just be. That's all you need to do. We, we put so much work into our meditation. And even in visualizations, we just put so much work into it. And since someone is talking to us while we're doing a visualization, our minds are going a mile a minute. So do at least when you're doing a visualization, either before or after that, take some time, 10 15, 20 minutes to just sit silently or try to cultivate the habit of sitting quietly. And what will happen is that what you'll find out is that there's a silent observer, the one that reminds you to come back to peace is another aspect of yourself. Mm. So the chattering mind will chatter because it necessarily must. So let it do what it wants to do. It's like a child running around and playing. Let it chatter. But the elder self, the higher self, will come in and say, wait a minute, you wanted, you wanted to sit quietly and get to know me or get to know yourself. And so your first meditations will go back and forth between those two. And I liken the, the ego mind, again, to being a small child as if you're holding it. Aww. And it will start to relax and rest, and you will st- create that habit, again, that can take no more than a week, two weeks or so for you to start to get little spaces in there of quiet. So how long... I've heard 20 minutes is the perfect time to meditate. And then I've heard um, 45 minutes and, often. Yeah. And then there's a, a speaker that I love listening to. And, mm-hmm. and he says two hours. He goes for two hours. Two and three and four hours. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's those very often. Those are the ones who've been meditating or doing yoga for a very long time. Want a space where they can do two to three to four or more hours of deep meditation. It's called tapasya. Tapasya. And just going, yeah, you go deep and you might go through, I do want to talk about the 
stages of meditation, but you'll go through the stages. You'll go from kind of starting to meditate and going deeper, and then you'll go very, very deep, and you just ride. It's almost like riding waves of peace. Um, I always want to tell people, too, that um, when you are, usually when people are first meditating, they think it's about um, getting getting rid of all thought. Yes. But once again, the mind is supposed to think like the heart is supposed to beat. So giving yourself permission to have thoughts, you need to do that. But um, what happens, what what you want to have happen is that you want to focus your thoughts and direct them without the rebellion going on. And so the rebellion or the resist, they call it resistance of meditation is the, well, don't you have some things to do? And guilt will come up and fear will come up. Anxiety will come in. You could have three and four weeks of beautiful, peaceful meditations, and suddenly it seems like every meditation is a mess. Yeah. And that's all right. That's all right. That's the way this is supposed to work. So um, kind of like, come Facing on, yourself. Come on, thought, and then move along. And move along. Okay. <laughs> no need to sit here. Just yes. keep moving. Thank you for coming. Um, yeah, thank you for coming. But sometimes people will sit down to meditate, and the same thought will come up each and every time. That means that there's some work to do. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, and that we are, it's, it was always so funny to me when I would teach a meditation class, um, people who clearly, if they did not want to meditate would say, well, I was having a bad night and I didn't want to come to class cause I figured it would bum everybody out. And it's like, no, you would have been, usually the, the issue is that you would have been uplifted, but if you want to be in your monkey mind or be in, just be this is all just about living. It's There's no good or bad to any of it. If you miss a class, you should not be feeling guilty. Yeah, don't kick yourself. Yeah, in. don't beat yourself up. Um, but, but often it was just when you needed meditation most, you run away from it. And that's <laughs> what, what we happens. do, right? Yeah, we, exactly. We run away from what we know is going to heal us until yes. we're ready to yes. do it. Right, exactly. And so if weeks pass by and you don't do your practice... I th- honestly, what I think happens is anyway, you work on the very things you needed to work on in yourself, and that becomes part of your practice. Um, taking on a, what you call a meditation practice is taking on the good and the bad of it. Say so you were going to, um, you're going through, you're suffering a loss of some kind, whether that's a relationship or a job or something and every time you sit down to meditate and you want sweet peaceful thoughts all you're doing is fretting or having some anxiety or grief you're supposed to sit there in the this this sounds so exciting i'm sure but but it really is think about the challenge of just sitting with yourself and facing what you're feeling and you don't have to entertain thought because the the what the soul is, and I know I said it the last time, I will probably say it many more times, but take what you need and leave the rest. But exactly. what the soul is, is consciousness, the light of consciousness or the peace of consciousness. And it knows that thought 
is part of this and that we are in these physical forms getting the opportunity to experience all kinds of life is what is important. So there will come a time, trust me, <laughs> there, will come, <laughs> there will come a time when even sitting when you are challenged or having a difficult time, you will enjoy because there will be part of you that will be deeply peaceful, part of you holding yourself and saying it's going to be all right. It actually already is all right just by your doing this. And then part of you going through the emotions. And the healthiest thing I think we can do is own our emotions and be our, our feeling self. It's one of the beginnings of your intuitive development, by the way, is owning your emotions. Um, but it's allowing yourself to figure out what happens when you're grieving. So if you're stressed and you're a person who has a depression, one of the reasons they teach people who are going through depression or people who have depression and anxiety, they're learning to meditate, many of them, because they're finding it's okay to be in that place. And even if an anxiety attack comes on, I've been there, um, if an anxiety attack comes on, you, you actually, over time, come to a place where you understand what's going on for you when that anxiety comes in, so wait, when that you're depression that you comes had, in. You had anxiety. Yes. Oh, see, that's huge. Yes. Because such, such a big part of the population these days has anxiety. So Yes, they you, do. You, yeah. That you saying that you have anxiety and that you do yoga and meditation it makes you more human because <laughs> see, it's like I can do meditation and I do so, you know, or I don't know if you still suffer, but I, I, because yeah. of meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So yeah. that's great that you're Yeah. I this. don't, yeah. I, you know, I always also want to qualify. I don't want people to just go and get off their medications oh, no. immediately. Um, although I believe that can be a goal, um, work with your doctor on that, but, um, I was not on medication um, when I found out that part of what had been going on with me in my late 20s um, was that I had um, some depression and there were um, issues that I really needed to work through. Um, didn't have a clue how to start that, but the in the med so what happened was in my peaceful meditation. So I got to a place where I was meditating, but I kept having waves of sorrow, and every so often, I just found I couldn't. To me, I couldn't meditate, and that made me feel guilty. And then that made me stop meditating altogether and stop going to the yoga center. And then I. Uh, went to talk to my teacher and said, I don't know what to do with this. And she, she said, why don't you just sit with it and see what your spirit tells you? This, you have this mind, this deep, ancient mind, not just me, that's each and every one of us. Um, let it tell you what's going on. So be the silent observer. But that's very and courageous. I also had a therapist. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so let me That's say, good. Therapy's but good. <laughs> yes, that is very good. Um, she did not tell me just be courageous. She actually said, perhaps 
if you have gone this long, would you like to see if you can go without medication? Um, because I was still, I was functioning. Mm -hmm. So if you're not functioning, I, you know, do what you have to do. I completely agree with that. But, um, I was indeed figuring out she, she didn't call it depression, but we were just starting our work and she let me experiment. And what I decided, what I chose to do was see a therapist and go to and do my meditation as well. And I had plenty of uh, months where I would just meditate and then months where I would go and do my work with her. And it, it, it took, to me, it took some years. I think, you know, again, this is just me. I wanted to cultivate the patience to allow myself to endure and not, and find out how I could live without pain. And, um, and, when and actually, pain. and interestingly, come to enjoy it when it had an onset, oh. some of the anxiety and so forth, and go, ah, there you are. Here's how it, yeah, here's where, here's where the emotions are. Here's where my work is. Here's where my challenge is. Let's see how we can bring this to a place of peace. So it was working it out within myself. And that's, by the way, what's going on when we do the physical exercises of the, of the um, yoga kriyas, the yoga, all the yogic work of all those physical exercises that seem like endurance challenges. Yeah. It's really still the <laughs> mind. It's still the mind working with the body. And the breakthroughs are very often not in the physical body, but in your soul conscious self. Oh, that's true, because they have you doing one thing in repetition. So mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, you're trying yeah. to just keep. Yeah. Th- there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Until... Very often, you you're, you're sweating. Sometimes you're crying. Yes, Sometimes you're like, there. "Oh my God, I don't, I don't think I can do one more of these." <laughs> and, then, and then suddenly, there's a breakthrough, and you could do it forever. I don't know huh. if you've had that experience. You just yeah. kind of float into a place. Um, it's not woo woo or strange or anything. It's just that you release or surrender, or or you're also, I can say, your endorphins kick in and everything. All the parts of you work together. Everything is trying to lift you, and you have to have some trust in that. So you also face your trust issues within yourself. It's There's nothing bad about well, <laughs> about a meditation practice I think, and I or think a yogic that it, practice. That's the thing with the, like I said, the meditation. It's um, It can be a little scary. People are not quite ready to right. face it. And hopefully they will come to acknowledge. So there are plenty of things. people who will try to meditate on their own. And I'll, I've, I've often, at, not, not that I'm trying to sell meditation, but, but no. <laughs> really, I, but I believe in it completely. But there will be people who say, well, no, I didn't go to a teacher or anything. I figured I could just sit on my own and Same do here. it. Yeah. But you, but have you, it, oh, let's go into the four stages, just okay, briefly go yeah. into the four stages of meditation, just so people know why why there's such a thing as a as, as a meditation teacher and yoga yes, teachers have worth. Um, I have not gone mm. to uh, meditation classes. The most I did was Kundalini ah, or yes. um, yeah. the apps. 
So the apps are good, but like I said, they're more visualization and then silence and then. But I, but I right. have said I would like somebody to help me do the correct way. So this is these are the four steps. It's doing some of the correct way and then also getting out of your head and the negative space. It's very helpful to have a teacher who can help you look at the blocks and the challenges you face as well. Not that they will cure anything for you, but that they help you hold that space and help you recognize, oh, here's a thing going on that if I let it go, it would make my meditation easier and it would make my life easier. Um, <clears throat> so back to Patanjali and the philosopher who um, contemplated and um, he didn't discover, but he put together four stages of meditation. The first one is initiation, and that's you know, it's not that you have to memorize these or know exactly when they happen. It's just that, that they, the four stages do happen. Initiation is just simply sitting, saying, I am going to sit down now and pay attention <laughs> to myself and sit quietly and meditate. You can play music if you want. You can burn some incense if you mm -hmm. want. You can have flowers. If you want to do open eye meditation, you can have a mandala in front of you or a candle flame that you're just resting your eyes on, and you let yourself entertain thoughts of peace. What about kinesthetically? Like Holding something? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, but you can do the mala beads. You can hold a piece of material if you want. Um, very often you're sitting in the, in a, you did again, don't have to be in a lotus position. You can sit on the sofa if you want and to. And the lotus it's position nice. is? The lotus position is that cross-legged position. In with like your kindergarten? feet cradled. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> your feet, feet cradled in your knees. But also sitting in a mudra with your index finger to your thumb, which is called gyan mudra, which is considered the, the enlightened. It's kind of a a reminder of a connection of your, your higher self to your earth self. The thumb is earth and the index finger is your enlightened oh, higher self. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yes. Earth and, and you're kind of completing a circuit, too, when you have them. It's the, since we, we're not filmed here, it's the okay symbol, but with, <laughs> your, <laughs> okay. But, but with the backs of your hands down on your knees or on your okay. legs. Um, but... You could just sit with your hands in your lap and just sit and say, I am now meditating, and you're bringing your thoughts to a peaceful place. So away from the laundry lists and back to, I love myself, I am a being of peace, I'm a being of light, and I am enjoying breathing. And you can take long, deep breaths and just let yourself relax. In time, it can be a few minutes, it can take a little longer, you'll go to another stage. And that next stage is concentration. And what is happening is your higher mind is starting to take over and take you into kind of a place where you are drifting into uninterrupted thoughts and into waves of peace. Um, then there is real meditation where you now, even you, you'll have a conscious thought, gee, everything's quieted down. The chattering monkey mind just doesn't want to do it anymore. It just wants to sit and be with you, with this higher self. And it's the higher self that you become con conscious of that just really lets you just 
go on waves of peace and being. And you can feel your body relaxing more and more. Your back relaxes more. Your shoulders, everything just it's, melts. It's almost like <laughs> melts. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like it it really is then meditation where it feels like you are sleeping, but you are conscious and you're wide awake, and it's lovely. And every so often, the fourth one comes in, which is realization. And that's called the conscious observer, the silent observer or the conscious observer, where you are also connected, you feel almost out of body. And that's the one that scares people. And another reason why a meditation teacher is good, because everyone I've talked to will meditate on their own, but don't know about these things. And that's the one I like. That's scary. (laughs) It's they're scared because suddenly they feel like they're floating away and they go, oh, my gosh, they suddenly realize it. And they come drawing back in going, where was I going? What was I thinking? What was happening? But actually, it's it's the place of meditation. You will always come back to yourself You'll always be back in your body. You haven't left your body, as a matter of fact. You've just gone to your soul self. Mm. You're totally identifying with this state of peace. Uh, You cannot get into realization, this fourth stage, if you're doing a visualization, you're listening to a tape or something. You can't. It's it's almost unless it's a guided meditation that's trying to take you there. Some people can get there, or it just teaches you to do that at another time in a visualization. But realization, you just go there, and it ends when everything is kind of ready to come back together, and then you just come back into your being and your consciousness in the. In the mind that wants to chatter, but will probably be a little quieter by the end of your meditation. Is it? Would it be too jarring if you're in that realization state and then there's like a gong, or is that is that what should happen so you can come back? Actually, by the time you've gotten, you've learned to meditate and be in that third stage of meditation. Very often, you don't react to, you know, door slamming, uh, a cat screaming airplanes flying i mean you will react you will you're awake so you will react to your children and so but you won't you won't get a jarring jump or anything you will just yeah a gong kind of waves its way in very subtly and then waves its way out so no it just becomes part of the experience very often Um, so sound can also take you into a meditative state because we were talking about that like the vibrations yes and yeah. so we got sound, well, all, all the sense of sound, kind of mantras, mantras. Yeah. Yes, yeah, breath work, um, the rhythmic patterns of breath. Um, what about walking? Can take you walking meditation. Well, you probably you won't go into a state of Trance. deep realization yeah. <laughs> because you need your consciousness, and so. It will, it will do what it needs to do to keep you aware of the world around you. But walking meditation is absolutely wonderful. You start to notice nature. That, too, for intuitive development is one of the things that helps you with recognizing that your intuition is working as you walk and you pick up on sights, sounds, energy, rhythms, patterns, of nature around you, of people around you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, I was told that 
perhaps that's what I needed because mm. of my monkey brain. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm starting, I'm, and I'm looking forward to taking one of your classes. Oh, I thank yeah. you. So um, you do. We'll segue right into that. Oh. So you do <laughs> teach meditation. Where do you teach meditation? Um, just about anywhere you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> she loves meditation. Ta- yeah, I, I do, as a matter of fact, and I've taught so long. Um, I teach, I, I teach at, um, Kalsa Chiropractic Center, where my office is in Pasadena. Um, it's ab- above the Awareness Center, which is a Kundalini yoga center. Mm. Um, I also teach at Golden Soul Yoga and Wellness Center in Los Angeles. It's in the Los Feliz area. Um, I've uh, taught groups in their homes. Um, I do teach either in groups or one-on-one which I found is wonderful, especially when people have particular issues they want to work through um, or they feel they just like to learn one-on-one how to meditate and how to cultivate a practice. Um, So, again, you can find me on uh, my website, inanamoon.com. And how do you spell that? Oh, and that would be I-N-A-N-N-A moon, (laughs) all one word, dot com. Perfect. Yeah. So when you do one to one on teaching one to one yes. meditation, do you meditate as well, or do you yes. just like okay? That's, yes. So um, that's... If the person wants to learn closed eye meditation, great. And if they want to learn open eye, then they they sit. We sit and look at each other's third eye, or I bring a mandala in so that Ooh. you know it depends on what makes you comfortable. Kind of trances you out. Yeah. So let you focus. <laughs> We wanted to try something new, add to the show. Ah, yes. Um, Because this is all about learning, and I'm having the best time learning from you. (laughs) Thank you. And you, too, (laughs) you as well. Thank you. So one of the things I wanted to learn, sorry, I'm playing with my pen, um, (laughs) is the tarot cards. Because even though that's usually how you've read me, and you explain them to me, and that's great, but I couldn't tell you what they are. And, you know, when I'm reading them back, like, I don't know, there was some guy there and he had swords and I don't know what that means. She said it was this. Have you ever played with the cards, like gotten a deck and gotten a book? And Yes, I, know. Okay. I tried. Yeah. Okay. So I'm so I'm hoping mm. and I'm, we're going to pick a card mm-hmm. and then you are going we're going to have a card a week and you're going to explain it. And uh, that way I can retain the information. And so can our audience. So the card that I've drawn is the justice card, which I was giggling about because it's also considered a Libra card, and I'm Libra, and Libra's time is coming up in October, Um, but it's uh, justice with her eyes wide open. She's holding a balance. She's weighing in, and she has the sword of justice with her. So if you want to oh, see I, that, yes, please, by all means, there you go. So. so there are two pillars behind her. Um, there, if, if for, for those who've noticed or who read, 
those pillars appear in a lot of places. They are the light and the shadow. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I see like a theme our, here. <laughs> yes, like, like our cruising, the light and shadow. Justice cruises the light and the shadow. Yeah. So she sits between mercy and severity is what it's called. Oh. <laughs> it sounds a lot heavier than light and shadow. But the it's the remembering that there is a balance to life. Boy, thank you, Justice. We couldn't have chosen. <laughs> I just I just shuffled the cards and pulled a card, and here she is to tell us about the title of our show, again, which is about the fact that in our lives there is light and there is shadow, and one cannot exist without the other. The Justice card is very much the yin and the yang, and that the sword of justice is going to be cutting away that which no longer serves you. Mm. and that which takes you out of balance so that there's always a process of coming into balance being balanced and then going out of balance and there there are all kinds of situations and you know difficult issues and challenges and beautiful opportunities and challenges that come in stay for a time and then go out and so justice doesn't just sit still and the balance doesn't just stay even. It's always moving up and down and going back and forth. The pendulum is always swinging. And so Justice is here to say, where are you? When, when you pull the card, she says, where are you with justice in your life? What's coming in? What's going out? What's being balanced? Do you need more balance? You you can sit and meditate. <laughs> there we go. Yes, Meditating the on the cards are, are a lovely thing to do, pulling one and then allowing it to tell you what's going on at this time with your higher self telling you what's going on at this time. And so that's the justice card. Wow, perfect. Yeah. Very, yeah. very perfect for this. Yes. And then, as we like to do right now, um, so Inanna yes. is going, she's, she's told us where you're going to be. And um, Do you want to hear one more thing I, from me? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. I would like um, a guided meditation. All right. So, as I said the last time, if you're driving... Please listen to these thoughts, but don't go into that altered state of consciousness. Just let the thoughts pass by. But if you're in a place where you can sit and meditate, this is a guided meditation. And let your thoughts go. Let new ones come in. Let I'm hoping that they will be positive and peaceful as you listen to these words. So take a deep breath in. And release. So consciously sit comfortably with yourself and who you are now in this moment. You are a being of love and light. Allow yourself to believe that. Keep remembering. And turn your thoughts to your third eye. In fact, you can gently roll your eyes up to the third eye point, that point between your eyebrows, and take another deep breath in, and release and relax, and allow your thoughts to rest. 
feel yourself continue to relax. And I even want to say, if, it's, if you're listening to this after a long day or you're just getting up, let yourself yawn. That actually brings more relaxation. Take a deep breath in and just yawn. <sighs> so whatever your body, mind, and emotions need right now will come into effect as you let yourself simply be. You are safe. Allow yourself to enjoy this moment, giving yourself this treat. This is giving yourself credit for all you have done until this point. Think to yourself, I am a being of infinite possibilities. Housed within this physical body, I the soul fly free. I come to know myself as part of the wave of the ocean of all knowledge. And all I have done has let me learn and come to trust myself and come to a place of envisioning new futures and new opportunities. I am an explorer on this earth plane. I seek the discovery of this moment. There is so much in this present moment. My heart and my higher self listens and sings its own song of becoming. Take a deep breath in and relax and let yourself unfold. I am patient with myself. I let go of worry. And if I am patient with myself, I can embrace silence. And I remind myself that sweet silence is who I am. I let go of stress for relaxation. I let go of anxiety for giving more affection to myself and those around me. I sail on a current of love. And love lets me be even more of who I am. I find that I am light and that I am at ease. I have nothing to do now but be the creative being that I am and that I always have been. One more time, take a deep breath in and let it out. Open your eyes and return here to the now. Namaste. Namaste. I wanted, I wanted to just read a quick quote on meditation. You cannot travel on the path until you become the path itself. Buddha. Lovely. And I wanted to acknowledge um, the intro music is by David Shostak. Beautiful music. Our awesome engineer is Paul Preston. And I wanted to thank you for joining us in Cruising the Light and Shadow. And thank you. I want to say thank you to Sheila Marie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Anana Moon. <laughs> Thank you. 
And um, I just wanted to remind everybody that love is everywhere. Our lives touch everyone and everything. So please go forth with love. <laughs>